Whoever speaks first, loses. Sell me this pen. Coffee's for closers only. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circle. Show up and do the work. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C. Closing. Always be closing. Welcome to the Cheap Seats. You're listening to the Cheap Seats Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Cheap Seats. Uh, what's up, Bridget? We're in Spokane. Welcome back. We're in Spokane this week recording a little something different than our Salt Lake usual. We have Ty here in my new house, which is awesome. Brand spanking. Brand spanking new. And we have two guests who, this is actually perfect since I just bought my house. We have Jess and Perry, who are real estate agents here in Spokane with us, which is super cool. Um, they're really going to dive into the Spokane market and tell us about their experiences. So, welcome, guys. Thanks. How are we doing? Good. We're doing Excited good. To Glad here. to be here. <laughs> well, thanks. I know this kind of last minute. I hit you guys up like on Tuesday, I think, and Maybe. was like, "I'm going to be in Spokane. You guys want to show up to this house, which you guys are used to as realtors, um, and sit down <laughs> and give us all the juicy advice on real estate, why it's important to invest, kind of your guys' backgrounds, et cetera, et cetera." And you know what? I forgot to do. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the pod, you guys. <laughs> I forget to do that every time. Um, okay, Perry, we're going to start with you, okay? Um, tell us about your background, kind of, well, let, I'll start for the listeners. I know Perry from when he was like a little honey badger in sports. He was like the smallest kid on the court with the best moves. He was like little Allen Iverson. But anyways, he was my brother's age, um, and so we grew up together, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, but anyways, Perry, tell us about kind of your background, um, where you went to college, how you got into real estate, kind of what your major was, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, born and raised in Spokane, um, left for a little bit, went and traveled, you know, the world after college and stuff before you had to start real life and be an adult. Um, yep. but yeah, no, uh, born and raised, um, went to Eastern Washington with a criminal justice and sociology major thinking I was going to be a policeman. Um, and then I was first on scene. I also worked at Priest Lake for about six summers during college slash after college, um, which is the dream, but you can't do it your whole life. So, Dang it. Um, yeah, but was first on scene to a fatality and, and it was out of service. And at that point in time, I was like, I cannot be a first responder. So I just kind of looked to a mentor of mine from the lake. And what, how old were you when this, when so this I happened? probably would have been 23 ish. Okay. So a year out of college or just out of college if yeah. you were dragging your feet yep and then you know you, everyone kind of goes at their own pace i don't think you need to be in real life at 21 or 22 right when you graduate mm-hmm. so enjoy it for a little bit and then at some point you got to um but yeah so kind of just turned to that and he kind of talked me into real estate never was on my mind ever never really even was he it was he a realtor no he does fiber uh, optics throughout the united states so so how what what was this guy thinking he, okay so he uh, saw just, something that you didn't it's kind of funny if you look at a lot of realtors in spokane they probably were all like i'd say half of them were in hospitality for at least a portion of their time yeah um i think it's a good mix of dealing with people and mm-hmm. you know knowing what to do and what's next and i don't know it's just it's a very good fit and so um being the social butterfly that i am you know it's been a good fit so far so i ended up diving in and Never where'd you, since. what, what is it? Is, are they called brokerages? 
or an agency? Yeah. I mean, so who'd you start with originally? So I started at John L. Scott, which John is Scott. a bigger, bigger brand. You know, they're based out of Bellevue uh, and it was great, great support, great marketing. Um, and then now I'm at four degrees real estate, which is a more local branded company. They've been around for about six and a half, seven years. Um, and kind of the whole COVID movement too, like was local, local, local. Um, but also, you know, I saw them growing quite a bit and I've been almost moving there for the last three years. Like I just moved there about a year and a half ago, but it's been a process. I'm just very loyal. And so I finally made the jump and, uh, and it's been awesome. So, uh, sweet deal. Made the jump to clarify to what? Made the jump from John L. Scott to four degrees. Oh, so got I, ju- it. Okay. I just made the jump to a different company. Got it. Yeah. I see him on the, what, what do you call those little scooters where you lean forward? Segways. The Paul Bart, <laughs> the Paul Bart scooters, you and Jeff Thomas. Oh no, 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 the lime, lime scooters. A li- oh, it's a lime <laughs> scooter. I thought it was a Segway. I thought it was a Segway. No. Segways were like fifteen years ago. Oh, we, dude, we those got, things we got were the lime scooters. Those things were so cool. They should bring yeah. those back. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, second guest, Jessica. Mm-hmm. So I met her at Carroll. She played soccer um, for one year. I, I'll let you tell. Introduce yourself. Uh, I went to Carroll, played soccer for a year, and I just didn't jive. Wasn't finding exactly who I wanted to be or what I wanted to do while I was there. So I took a step back and came back to Spokane. Where did you, where'd you go to high school? Did you go to high school? I went sc- to Gonzaga Prep. Oh, you went to Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh-huh. Who? Well, prep kid. <laughs> <laughs> Perry and I went to Ferris High School, so we were rivals. But yeah. anyways. And just came back. I wanted to play um, soccer still, and I left a little late, and so I – Jumped on at the community college, and I absolutely loved it. And the falls, mm-hmm. okay. And decided to also work while I was going to school, and I was working part time at Macy's and at Buckle and at the Safari Room, which is a Davenport property. Hospitality. Hospitality. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were there last night. I'm actually. catching yeah. a <laughs> And just fell in love with hospitality, and it r- took about a quarter off from school, and. Um, found out that WSU has a hospitality business management program and I could do it 100% online, which worked well for me. I didn't, uh, going to school was not the best thing for me. I got bored really easily. Mm -hmm. So online was great. Could do it at my own pace and, um, finished that out as well as a marketing degree. And when I finished is when I actually got into real estate so. Yeah, what's what's your story? Did did some fiber optics? Did guy you always you? know that you wanted to do real estate? <laughs> no, I never even knew real estate was a thing. Honestly, <laughs> uh, my we lived in the same house growing up forever. Actually, my parents got divorced, and so they were selling the house. And the agent that was helping my mom purchase reached out, and just I think it was something that they probably put in every single email. But my mom just happened to notice that. They wanted to know if anyone wanted to be in real estate. And mom said, oh, my daughter's interested. And so you're like, I you're am? Like, Thanks, mom. <laughs> and so I went to an interview with um, Tyler Carlson and sat down and he hired me on as an ISA, which is an inside sales agent. Which is? You basically cold call all day oh, gosh. through a phone book or through um, your CRM. Which How was that? Um, it taught me a lot and uh, hey, let's, let's dive into that a tiny bit. What <laughs> yeah, did it like, teach well, you? Because what were the things to say? I know you have some experience in this time, a little yeah. bit calling people a little bit, not, yeah. not cold calling, but yeah. what do you say to somebody when you well, cold call about real estate? You, we follow a script called LP mama and sounds fire. Terry's like, send that script my way. Buy a house, sell a house, great. Um, it's very Keller Williams. So okay. Keller Williams is where, was the brokerage that the team I was on 
is located at. And so um, LP Mama is basically a script for you to follow, for you to gather information that would be pertinent for you to qualify that lead to set them up for an agent to then take and help so buy their buyer. You're doing all the background work. I'm doing and all the background work. Okay, so gotcha. doing all the hard them, stuff for no yeah, commission. Converting them, pre-qualifying them with a lender, you know, all the stuff you're legally allowed to do as a non-agent. Okay. So have these people like shown interest and then you're yeah, qual- usually okay. it's not it's like some type of advertisement that we pushed out that it. they signed up for either on a website or they called into our office or a signed call. You know, we would keep track of exactly how they got to us so we could, you know, follow those dollars. Back. So how long did you do that for? Um, eight months, roughly. Was that a long eight months? It was really long. I was on call 24-7. <gasps> we had a phone that we called the Zillow phone. The so 911, I need to sell my house tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I would take that uh, because, one, you know, you got a bonus based off things that closed, and I wanted to make more money. And of course. two, I just wanted the practice. And so I, while I was going to school, I was in a lot of marketing classes and noticed we were really lacking in digital marketing on our team. And so I kind of dived. This is at Carlson Home Group. Nope. This is at the Legacy Group. Oh, the Legacy. So you moved too. I've moved three times. You've moved three times. Yeah. Okay. And so I just, the um, CEO there, John Grams, um, fantastic. He's brilliant. And he gave me the opportunity and chance to kind of apply what I was learning in school to the office. And while I, as long as I finished my ISA calls first, of course, course. and um, just tried to dabble into that a little bit. And when he and I decided to go different directions, I jumped on with Colville Banker Tomlinson here in town, um, tried to help them get into digital marketing a little bit more, help train their agents. Cool Bankers more, it has their agents are more independent. They don't necessarily have a lot of teams. It's not like Keller Williams or Four Degrees or um, more, they're not as modernized, I would say. Gotcha. And so I was just trying to help agents individually apply digital marketing into their worlds. So you were, you went from basically like an inside sales rep mm-hmm. or like a BDR business development rep to a marketer and then now a full-fledged realtor all yeah. kind of in one. Yeah. Perry, did you have to do any of that? <laughs> no, I'm kind of blessed. We can get into this dig okay. deeper, but like my family's got a sandwich shop in Spokane. It's been on for 70 years. So I kind of have the name that helps a little bit, but um, I sandwiches. Was very more, uh, very more independent. I never was on a team or did any, I'm not a cold caller. I'm, I'm more of a referral based, like, you call me, I don't call job. you. No, no, not yeah. like that. But there's just a difference. I mean, teams are more, they're numbers-based. You okay. just call, 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 call. So if you do, you know, your percentages are probably 3 or 4% of those leads are going to turn into something. Or what, right. I don't know what the leads or what right. the percentage is. Right, is that accurate, 3 to 4%? That's the average oh my for God. most teams. Pulled that out of my ass. But, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, it is. It's but, like 3.5%. <laughs> probably, I don't know the modest. Hey, that was actually, that was actually so. close. So in real estate, it's different, obviously, than a nine to five job where like you're working from this is the time you walk into the office. This is the time you're done. You're done when you leave real estate. It's not like that. Obviously, tell us about like what it's been like working for yourself and just like busting your butt to like be successful. And like, do you enjoy that? Has that been rewarding for you? Jess, you start us. Okay. Uh, I started from ground zero. So I cold called 24 seven. Coming from Keller Williams, you they talk a lot about time blocking and scheduling and to this day I'm pretty much time blocked 
every single day wow. of the week. And Are so, you good with calendars and like setting things up like yeah. so it's structured? Okay, so she needs help because she sets <laughs> she sets she schedules her day on her alarm clock. I so set alarms ha- through the day, and so like a she new doesn't alarm have a calendar. Go off and I and like. If I were to die, calendars like, have alarms built yes. into them. Yeah, yeah. I don't reminders. know. I don't we'll know. Get there later, we'll get there. We're not there yet. <laughs> if I were to die, like today, my husband wouldn't have no idea who to contact or where I was supposed to be that day or who. Yeah. Well, maybe we could dive into my that husband next would know. My assistant would know. My admin would know. Oh gosh. Yeah, I share my calendar with like five different people. Mm. Okay. Anyway, back to yeah. you busting your butt. Yeah. So I just when I first started, um, I was. I don't even know how old I was, 24, 25. And I did not have a referral base, really. And so I cold called for five hours a day, seven days a week. Ugh. And that But now. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and so now, though, you're just bouncing all over town because you have. I hardly cold call anymore. Okay. So I did that for. She put in the work. Four months. Okay. I just hit the, hit the phones hit hard. The phones, and that yeah. carried me through my first year. And then. I do probably two hours of three days a week now. Just and that's just when you there. have some time that's not blocked, which is probably few and far between. Well, last year I hired an, a showing assistant. So I, cause I am pretty good at converting due to my background as an ISA. And so I can usually convert a lot faster than most people. So I knew my time wasn't well spent being showing which you have to show a lot of houses usually to get people under contract right yeah. now. Yeah, unless Jessica or Jessica, Bridget and Oliver are your customers. Yeah. Sight unseen. Sight unseen, first house. Just buy it. A couple pictures. Right, yeah, uh, that's not usually the thing. So yeah. I just was like, you know, Paul, you can go show all my houses. I pay him um, depending on the com- my commission. And then from there, I that way it just allows more freedom in my As schedule. the selling agent, correct? Yeah. So if you're somebody's, I, I'm naive. If if you're somebody's buying agent, mm-hmm. then do you go with your clients? No, Paul does it. Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. what about for you, Perry? So I'm not a team guy. Like at least, I mean, I'll get. The, I mean, I don't really know. I just I like to be the first point of contact. Yeah. Um. So kind of the way that I refer back to the question, I'm just. I was. What was the question we were going at? So. <laughs> Jess uses somebody to go to a house and like shows it for them, whether you're the buying or the selling agent, do you go with all your clients to the house? Yeah. So buy, buyers typically, I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, okay. I guess we refer back as 24 seven yeah. growing, running around. Right. But, um, you know, I, I'm not, I should time block. I don't, I don't cold call anything like that. I uh-huh. just kind of referral base and try to get my phone calls and get everyone in place. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, if a, if a house comes on the market, especially in the, for the last, I've been doing it for almost six years, and the house comes on the market, you gotta you gotta be there that day. Yeah. Or the next day, right? Well, so I was gonna say like, if your calendar is blocked, like I know when a house would hit Zillow, literally w- before an hour when I was I was refreshing Zillow as a buyer in Spokane, and I would text our real estate agent, and I was like, I need you to go today. Yeah. And yeah. I need you to send me a video of it. Yeah. And he would, and like mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you for being so on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and, and I don't really time block yet. I'm not married, don't have kids yet either, so yeah. I think that, that helps. Right. So I don't have any real boundaries yet. Um, you know, like, if... Do you have a dog? Uh, my girlfriend's got a dog. Girlfriend's but, got a dog. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I try to get up early now and work out in the morning and, you know, always answer the phones. I don't stay up crazy late anymore. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just usually there for the buyers. If I can't be there, I'll have somebody who can. I okay. mean, we all have colleagues that we can refer right. on to right. or, or lean over to and, and you know, hey... 50 bucks a door if you go show this for them. So if you're if you're not showing a house, like what are you guys doing? Uh, for me, I'm usually calling, prepping listings, or okay. 
working on marketing. Yeah, paperwork. Or, or closing. You know, living. Or paperwork. <laughs> living. Yeah. Yeah. Running yeah. around, uploading stuff. I mean, whatever it is, or looking at the market, yeah. setting people up on searches, yeah. going to have a beer with some old clients yeah. or, or okay. friends or lenders or anybody who's kind of in the industry. You know, you're always doing something. Yeah. Always. Do you typically see, like, once you sell a house, somebody, once they are ready to sell it again, if they do ever sell it again, do they come back to you? Yeah. That's, like, a pretty common thing. Yeah, but I think the percentage, I think it's, like... 70% of people will not use the realtor that they used yeah, previously. Yeah, because like, cause you're not staying in contact. Because most real estate agents suck at follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> They don't, so they don't befriend everybody. And honestly, like the, the easiest part of this job is just like, just answer your phone or acknowledge. Yes. Like it's not, yeah. it's not difficult, but that's what people need in today's world. You just like, they're not faithful. They're going to go right. on to the next agent if you don't answer. Right. So it's as like, soon as I get my commission check, hey, can see I, ya. Yeah. you know, can I call yeah. you in a second? If somebody's calling you, you know what I mean? can I call you in a second? That's all they need. Yeah. Like that's and they're like, okay, cool. He got it. He acknowledged me. He's going to get back to me. But if mm-hmm. you don't, it's like, well, it's not that hard. Yeah. They can go somewhere else and get the I, it's not, it's not, I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. rocket science. I gotta, hate answering yeah. calls that I don't, like, if it's an unknown number, I don't answer it. Well, that's like, well, that's you can favorite. leave me a text message or a voice <laughs> message. <laughs> like, and so that you? would be a living yeah. hell for me to yeah. be like, oh, who's going to have to the talk to you? I mean, I do, you do get a lot of, like, at least Always. I'd say Verizon's pretty good at yeah. saying, like, potential scam. Right. Your used car warranty is expired. Do you want to renew it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go into burning the ships. And basically, this is where you just go for it in life. Mm -hmm. Um, As realtors, you're all commission, correct? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So there's no guarantee. It's not a safe play to be a realtor. Maybe, maybe if you joined like a year ago, it was, but before the market got hot and like you didn't have a base, you had your last name, but that's only going to take you so far. Like at what point were you just like, I'm going to go all in on this. And then like, what was your backup plan? If there was a plan B, we'll start with Perry. Um, yeah. So I started, I, I think at 24 too. Um, and so I actually started bartending. I started January. It's funny. I took my license or my test on Friday the 13th, January 2017. <laughs> got my license on the 17th or when I officially joined John L. Scott. Um, it kind of just hit the ground running. But I also bartended twice a week at a newer spot that opened up a couple of months later after I started at called Craft and Gather out in the valley. Um, so I still bartended a little bit. I also lived at home, so I was blessed to, you know, I moved back with my parents, which sucks, but like, you know, what? I did it. <laughs> you do what you have to do. Yeah. yeah. And so, cause you know, it is scary. You're taking that, that leap of faith to go commission based. Right. And so right. it's like, I started January 17th. My first paycheck wasn't until May 1st and it was not big by any means. I'll tell you yeah. that. So like, especially when I started, the average home price was 189 in Spokane. Wow. Yeah. 189,000. I should be a little bit more specific, but um, yeah, so you just, you, you kind of just go for it, but like bartending on the side, you know, I've actually probably done about four or five deals from that bar yeah. in the last five Great years from, probably. just from recommend- And then I still have beers with one of the Odom reps once a quarter art. Like, nice. I mean, so I got some good, good rapport and people there too, which again, brings it back to hospitality, but yeah, I mean, you just, it, it, it sucks, but you just got to go for it and believe in yourself. It's sink or swim type of scenario. I, yeah. do, you, do you feel, I mean, do you feel like you perform better when your back's against the wall and you have no other option? Cause some people crumple. We talked about this on the last episode. Yeah. If it's like, if, if it's like, Hey, you have a massive upside and like you can make a ton of money yeah. and like have a great career. But if you don't work hard, you can make like 20 grand or 30 grand. Was, some yeah. people are like, I want to, I want to take it safe and I'll just go make 80 for the rest of my life. Yeah. Which, which, which great. Great for them. You probably got great health benefits, which I don't care at. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's the one thing about yeah. being, I'm an S corp now, but it's like, I was 1099 for a while and still there's the, you know, being a healthy white, white male in, in yeah. Washington state, you don't get good health insurance. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Like but you were, I mean, that's, that's a sacrifice you're willing to make. Cause oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you know, whatever. Settle. And it's like, you're, you're deductible. I mean, it kind of evens out, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't want, I do work all the time, 
and at one point there will be boundaries, but, um, you know, it's just right now it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. You're young. And if you screw up, you're only 30. Right. So it's yeah. like, if something happens, you're only 30, like yep. you, you still got decades ahead of you to go. So. As a real estate agent, do the, do the brokerages or the agencies that you work for, do they provide any sort of benefit or no, that's all on you? Mine does. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. Okay. The majority okay. of them do. Got um, it. So that's kind of like what you, you know, Hey, like I joined four degrees because they do this, this and this, but got also it. what the, what the owner's doing, you know, is investing in Spokane and he's building okay. apartments and okay, well I want to learn how to do that. From you somebody know, that so. doesn't We're know gonna a lot. We're going to talk about investments in a second okay. too. Well, let's let Jess answer the yeah. question. Then I have another question. Uh, so when I was at Cobalt Baker, um, <laughs> Tyler Carlson, who I mentioned earlier, he broke off from the Legacy Group as well and started his own team called Carlson & Co. And he had kind of been reaching out and just asking if I would come on and help facilitate all their marketing and their systems. And so I left um, Cobalt Banker, joined Carlson & Co. while, and he wanted me to be licensed admin. So I was getting my license, and then Carlson & Co. just kind of blew up outside of my expertise I'm not very good at being in a nine-to-five and um where was this a nine-to-five when you first started yeah yeah okay and so I'm not a morning person and it's I struggle with sitting behind a desk and not feeling like I have something that needs to be on my immediate attention I'd rather like go do something else and then once drive around at least yeah once it's ready then I'll jump on it right away um and so that the systems and everything that they needed really outgrew what I was able to provide. And so he hired on a different admin and he turned to me and he was like, well, what do you want to do now? Sink or swim. What do you want to do? It's like, well, I talked with my husband. My husband was kind of super against it. Why? Um, Because my husband is an engineer and he is very... My dad's an engineer. I know exactly what that mind <laughs> is like. The best client. Yeah. He's so analytical about He's, everything. And I, I love it. It's like it. your TikTok where the dad's checking out the house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, that is for sure my husband. And um, he was just like, you know, there's nothing guarantee about this. And he, he appreciates that, you know, what's coming in, what's going out mindset. But all of our bills were completely just based off his income. So... He's like, well, he's probably a numbers guy. It's probably all on Excel spreadsheets. It's good to go. And you're like, we have nothing to lose here. Yeah. I I really wasn't making that much to begin with out of college. And I was basically doing like part time, full time bonuses, like just a mixture of different types of income. And it's like, let's just try it. And he said, okay, go for it. And first year sold 10 million he's like yeah you can wow. keep going <laughs> go for it and i was like all right sounds good you're like this so is working a lot well. right that's like a yeah. lot is that split at all or is that straight up that's that was yeah, just me that's good nice okay yeah, so I like did not do that my first I, year <laughs> <laughs> what do you i don't know if you can share this but like what do you do now i just did 20 million last year wow and I've already done 10 so far this year. Okay. Wow. And we're not even six months in. And so it's, it's June 10th. So yeah. tell me how, like, it. what do you real estate, if you sell a house for a million dollars, for example, you get 5%? Is that 3%? 3%. It's and then what goes give or take? But it's, really but it's starting usually to around, I think my average is 2.1. Is what you take home or what you're like, brokerage will get well is what my brokerage will get and then i have a split on that because i pay two admin who who determines the commission percentage level is it brokerage is it no no is it the seller or the buyer the the seller's gotta lie the seller has to agree yeah so okay it just depends i think we have a we have a lot of new agents in spokane who maybe do not have the tools to back up 
and argue for what they believe they should be getting paid for. So we do see a lot of discount commission right now. Well, and, and sellers are cheap. I mean, is what yeah. it comes down to, yeah. too, right? So, I mean, like... It's oh, they want to keep as much money as possible. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's all about for numbers, sale by owner. Whether, yeah, whether it's a 1% <laughs> listing, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah. out there, right? And, yeah. and some of them do provide a lot. Some of them don't. Um, but it just comes down to the seller. But you're, you're also interviewing for the job, right? So when you go to a listing appointment, you're interviewing against. And I, my question is, you know, are you interviewing anybody else? And they're like, okay, great. Yeah. And I go, who? You know, just to kind of know who I'm yeah. going against, right? Yeah. Jessica Smith. And so, <laughs> yeah, so you just got to figure uh-oh. out... Um, you know, I mean, and they're always like, well, would you go lower? And if some, you know, when you're going against 1% agent, if I'm going against Redfin or if I'm going, yeah, I'll go lower because I'm 2%, 2.5% is better than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's so just one of those. What's that, that been like gotta, with the current market being so hot and all these new agents coming on and houses buying and selling? Like, Are there new agents? Co- are there a ton of new agents coming on? Yeah. There's, there's pro- been quite a bit. It's probably slowing was, down a little bit. There was but 1,800 when I started in 2017. Wow. And now there's like. 2700 maybe yeah. 20 in just in but, spokane but mm-hmm. of that but there how many houses are for sale 200 right now maybe a thousand yeah. oh okay yeah. the top five uh, percent do 99 percent of the business in spokane that is wow. a wild stat can you say that again the top five percent of all real estate agents in spokane do 99 percent of the business uh, i don't know about that <laughs> I, I, i'd have to I disagree so. with that i it's it's always the it's always the 20 percent do 80 percent yeah. So like 20% of the agents in Spokane do 80% of the business. Or like 10, Still, 10% of people cause 90% of all yeah. the problems. But so. If you look at the top 300 <laughs> agents in Spokane, they, I mean. That's even, the majority of the business, I'd say. Yeah, okay. it's the majority. And even out of that, the top 100 out of the 300 do even more than that. Really? So. Wow. That's are crazy. There, are there, uh, I'm, I'm assuming there's like real estate agent tiers. So you have the new agents that are just coming into the market that are selling the the low ticket houses and then do you have like luxury agents at the top that only do luxury or are you working the whole spectrum of houses i mean you want to work at all obviously you want to get to luxury but i would say there are the you know the veterans in spokane that have been around for 30 years is that what it takes to get up there is just time or i mean Uh, yes and no but like you know when you first start it's typically all buyers for the most part like so you're kind of starting with buyers sellers and then it's kind of evens out right so this year i'll probably be 50 50 but like it takes time, you gotcha. know? So it's like, obviously listings are better, be, especially in this market too, but you typically they're about a third of the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially the buyer, if it takes six, seven, eight offers to finally win, that's a lot of time spent. And if it's only a $250,000 house, well, yeah, you're on the hindsight making $7,500, yeah. but you still got taxes, B&O, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. Commissions, splitting, Gas. Yeah. splitting all that stuff. Gas. Have you, have you so. seen Selling Sunsets on Netflix? I've done, my girlfriend watched it. I'm not a fan. You have seen yeah. it? That makes it seem so glamorous. Oh, but $15 million? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it shows their commission much. at the bottom. Yeah. It's like half a mil, and it yeah. seems like they're selling them. But yeah. I'm sure that, like, the, sh- the houses they show on the show are, like, the only houses that those gals have i i mean it's also reality tv yeah, so yeah. you yeah. can't only take that with a with a grain of salt sure. in my opinion yeah. but um yeah i mean it's obviously people are talking about it so yeah they're, they're doing what they need to do and right. it also brings you know more i'd say attention to those cities and luxury and all right that stuff too, yeah so um did you have another question we kind of went off on a tangent yeah sorry you said i'm gonna let no. jessica go and then another question. oh i was just wondering the commission part of oh, it okay so we covered it so the, the next thing that i want to talk about and i think this is important for anyone listening and important for me and bridget and anyone else who's not involved in real life you just bought the house but is real estate as investing and then let's talk about common misconceptions people have about buying houses because everybody that rents currently and it's it's a it's amazing to me the amount of like 
disknowledge or un, like people just don't know that you don't need 20% down to buy a house. So like, let's talk about a couple misconceptions and then talk about why real estate investing is so important, like building a portfolio outside of your own personal home. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, you just hit one on the head. You don't need 20%. I'm, I've had clients basically be paid to purchase a house before when at the end of the day, when you get through inspections and stuff with people purchasing or paying for repairs and things like that. You don't see that as often right now. Um, I think another misconception is that you need to have like perfect credit to purchase a house. Um, what would perfect credit be for the listeners? 800 plus. 800 plus. Yes. I mean, 780 plus is not going to change anything on your loan. Yeah. Okay. So 780 is like where you're going to get like the best interest rate for. And what do you actually have to have? I think there's programs that will go as low as 580. I think 580 now, 620s. Is usually like pretty safe that you'll get approved. You want to do like, but at that point, your interest rate's way higher. Right. Typically like a percent or more. um, Okay. It's a 100 year loan. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, obvious, but it's, it's a good stepping stone. And then at that point you can build your credit and having a house payment builds your credit. And then you can refinance later on and save it. So. Mm Um, would you recommend that to somebody like if if for example somebody that doesn't own a home and they could just take out this crazy loan with maybe a high interest rate but they have potential to earn more in their future is it better for them to get some skin in the game now buy a house and then refinance once they have a better credit score and income where they can have a lower interest rate or would you say wait just wait until you have that with rent being so crazy if the numbers make sense yeah so like i mean every it's case by case right so um you know if they're if they're making oh if they're making uh, you know, X amount a month and their debt to income is fine and they can make it work, great. Yeah. But if it doesn't make any sense and they're pushing it to their brims and now they don't have a savings, absolutely not. Yeah. yeah you know, 2008 like, all over what, again. You know, if you buy, especially if you're going to be doing that type of loan, you're probably not going to buy the, the newest house. There, you might have to you know, budget for a new furnace, budget for a new roof, right. whatever it may be. Right. So if you now are putting it all into the house and something was to happen or like your sewer line goes and out now and you're your sewer go, I mean, there's just so many factors. So right. you just got to make sure to just put on paper and if it makes sense, great. Yeah, I always have two outs is what I tell my clients. If you can't refinance, then can you make simple improvements and sell for a little bit more and come away good at the end? For So if I was in that scenario, had a low credit, didn't have a ton down, I would make sure my house is not turnkey. That way... I could make improvements over time as long as, like you said, you had room in your budget to do it. And so in a year or two, when prices continue to increase, I could turn around, sell for more and take that and move to another one and be a little bit more secure. That's a really good piece of advice. Make sure it's not turnkey, which brings me to our second point, either flipping houses or Airbnbs investments. So buying a a dump, fixing it up, flipping it or Airbnbs or whatever, rental properties. Talk about that. Do you guys, are you guys in on that? If so, what does that look like? How'd you start? Yep. Yeah. So no, I own, I own six doors is what I call them. So duplexes, two doors. Um, so I own two, du- two duplexes. I have a place up at Swyatcher that I'm starting to Airbnb. Nice. I kind of was just doing it on the side and then I just have a house in town. What'd you, what'd you start with? What was your first investment property? Um, my first investment property was a month after COVID hit. Um, I got the soft market deal at Schweitzer um, and it was way more than I wanted to spend, <laughs> but I was kind of like, F it. I was like, let's go for it. <laughs> so swim. Um, yeah, I bought it as a vacation home so I could use it in vacation home. Um, you can have as many as you want essentially, but it's 10% down. Okay. Um, that's, that's, that's non-negotiable. 10% down for a vacation. Home. Unless you can well, somehow prove now. that it's your primary. 
Yeah. So Good. your primary house, that's it can be much lower. What, and then anything exceeding that, like if you have an investment property of some other sort, then which it's I, which I'll go to in as well. What, what, on, on what's okay. labeled a primary residence? What are you what, six months out what, of the year? What you live in? Right. But oh yeah. Oh oh for no, that. No, it's for, sixty days technically out of six, the That's year. what I mean. Like, what are the sixty yeah, the, days? The out stipulations of the year? are always changing. Yeah, so. it depends on. Okay. And now a there's like a. Per, I think it's a percent more for a, for a vacation home. Are they yeah. super strict about those rules? Do people bend them or? Well, you can go. You can be called up for fraud if they find <laughs> out. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I would say pretty strict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you essentially just have to prove why it's a vacation home. Right. Okay. So or, like, I, I bought a, you know I bought this other home and it's on the top of a mountain and it's a ski resort. So that's pretty self-explanatory as it's a vacation home. Right. Okay. Continue down your tangent. But yeah, so, so that was the first one. And then I ended up getting another off market duplex that was, it was 300,000, but there's, I knew it was worth more than 300,000. And so there's another way you can go about it. It's called hard money. And so it's essentially not through Fannie Mac or Fannie Mae, which are your standard lenders for FHA, VA and conventional, conventional offers. So I bought it through Private Lender, which is actually in on Capital over there on um, Southeast Boulevard, and I put ten percent down, and then I instantly reef. So, but so you still have like I put ten percent down. They still have fees for hard money, right? Can you like can you define what hard money a uh, hard money loan is? It's just private money. Private money. Okay. It's like someone who has a billion dollars that they don't have anything else to do with. So, so they can just make percentage. anybody can yeah. go up to them and say, "Hey, I have a house. I want to buy it for three hundred thousand. Will you loan me that three hundred thousand? And it doesn't go on your credit. It doesn't get recorded in your debt. So the it's completely off the books. Private. The interest is just so usually, way higher. Okay. Yeah, they charge you points, which points are intri- or percentages. So they okay. charge you usually yeah. higher. So it's twelve. It it it's not a thirty year. It's not a fifteen year. They want it back. What? It, in, no, no, they're they're, they're, carry they're, they're, oh, they're, they're interest it. only payments though. So there's no principal. Yeah. Okay. So essentially, I bought it. But when you close on a house, if I close on a house today, today is June 11th. My first payment would not be until August 1st. So same with hard money. I, let's say I close today. But I ended up closing hard money. You can close in like eight days too. So I had to close in eight days. It was crazy, craziest wow. decision I made in my life, <laughs> but it worked out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so essentially I bought that three hundred, instantly refied it. So the refi happened. How long does the refi take? Took me thirty five days. Oh, so perfect. So I was able to get it done before my first interest only payment. Because so you knew that a normal standard lender, you couldn't get the money in time. Is that is that well, why hey, you yeah, went with hard I, money? I, I couldn't get it in eight, eight days. Gotcha. So I did have to do it that way, but also it appraised at three seventy, but I could probably sell it for more than that. But for an investment property, you need twenty five, or for a duplex, you need twenty five percent down. Okay. So, so for the listeners, one piece of advice: make sure you know your numbers. It's what yeah. it sounds like. And oh, just, yeah. know, just know your loans too. Like, yeah. If I do it this way, will I be able to? You to, can get creative. So, yeah. like, I'm assuming he didn't have twenty five percent down. I probably could know. have done it, but it would have stretched. But yeah, yeah, and then you would have used all your cash. So instead of doing that, he just was able to identify a good opportunity, know that it was worth more. Yeah. And just leverage that, so you didn't. But it also came. The reason I got it for a good deal was it came with a problem tenant during COVID, which you could with a moratorium. (laughs) So it was was like a drug, you know, it was a drug drug tenant essentially, and it took me seven months to get him out. So seven um, months, yeah, you know, and and they get it. They get their own free. They have a public defender essentially now in Washington State. So I have to pay for my attorney fees. He gets free, and they're fighting for him, even though you know there's all these different. It just. It was a pain in the butt, but you know what? It, it was worth it in the end. So, so, and so you have two duplexes. Yeah. Uh, vacation home at Schweitzer. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes you the most money? What What will bring in the most money overall? I think because from what I I'm here, I think the Schweitzer one will now that okay. I start Airbnb in it. But I just I also use it. So like I'm there on Christmas. I'm there on New Year's. I'm yeah, there on Presidents sweet. Weekend, right? So it's like if I was to not use it, I could probably get eleven $1, hundred, twelve hundred a night. 
just for just for that spot, you know. Mm-hmm. So you could be a thirty five hundred dollar weekend. But so someone who's just starting, would you would you say bring on renters and have to worry about if they're good or not as tenants, or would you go with the Airbnb route? First time, first I think time. It depends on your capital, what you have, and depends on. Let's yeah, say you depends have depends on your cash flow. Depends yeah. on do you have another ten thousand dollars to furnish your place. So let's say that I have a basement apartment, mother in law suite sort of deal. I could do one bedroom rent. I don't know what I could do. Maybe twelve hundred a month, or I can Airbnb it. As a first time like landlord, so to speak, what would you guess would be my better? You would make more money in Airbnb. Okay. Yeah. And then Until I would Spokane say, well, let's look at your enforce. lifestyle from that. Do you have, are you going to clean it? Are you going to manage the account? Who's going to, and uh, do you right. feel comfortable doing that? Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Every so time so you have to use somebody else, right? Which yeah. I'm using Vacasa. Like Vacasa is going to help me. It's two hours away. So like if, right. if a pipe leaks, I don't have time to run up there during my day. Yeah. So I'm paying them 33%, but they clean it. They've, they, right. they do all the linens. If the linens mess up, they're replacing the linens. Nice. They're, you know, they have yeah. a, a handyman it's on Like call. a property manager of sorts? Right. So yeah, but mm-hmm. it's for a vacation rental, so it's more. A property manager in Spokane is anywhere from like 8 to 10%. Okay. But, if it, but Air, for Airbnbs, like you're usually 20 to 30 Because you're turning it over faster. It oh, needs yeah. more well, maintenance. You've got to clean. You've know, you got yeah, yeah. you to change sheets. you got to make sure dishes are put away. you got to make sure... Ten, like Fix the hole in the wall. A, you might have a... Someone's leaving that morning and you got a new person coming in that night. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time to do that. It's a full-time job. Okay. So. Sorry. Your turn. Um, Investments. I have a full-time Airbnb and one door. Okay. Full-time Airbnb. I saw you post about it. Mm-hmm. It looks great. Is it in Arizona? Yeah. So why Arizona? Why the Arizona market? Besides, it's always nice. Um, well, so I'm in Synergy Properties now as the brokerage that Carlson & Co. is within. And the owner of Synergy Properties ha- is um, well-versed in rentals, just similar to... I would say it's Jason, right? Who owns Border Brew? Jordan. 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 And, Joel, yeah, and, Steve. and so they just were talking about it. And I've helped a lot of clients with Airbnbs throughout Spokane and Coeur d'Alene and Sandpoint. And I uh, could see the profit margins are a lot higher on Airbnbs. And my husband's brother and best friend lived down in Phoenix. And so we like, and we would go down there probably every couple months. Was your husband more on board after you started crushing it in real estate? He's like, I oh, could, you know, I could absolutely. extend a hand here. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And so we also, um, the owner of Synergy and a, and a couple other guys at Synergy have places down there. And so we were just asking them about it and it seemed like a good opportunity. And there's a lot more inventory down there. So. Okay. Yeah, because kind of when you see, like, I mean, we're not in a recession by any means, but when you see a slow in the market, it's always the second home places that inventory starts to get a little bit higher, too. Why is that? Because people are settled and now they want to go. Well, they just worry and they start selling those properties. Oh, I see. Okay. So if they bought, you know, when it was high or low, and then they switch over when inventory starts to come up. Or they're scared something's going to happen. I'm like, well, we don't use it that often. We're going to sell it. Are lenders, do you guys work with the same lender? Uh, that you have a good relationship with or do you go if you know, do you shop around for is it just are you just shopping around for the lowest rates if you want to finance a new project personally yeah um, or do I you have, have one that you use that I have three you have three I uh, yeah for, for me personally I use one one I mean, well, one or two depending if it's hard money or regular right okay beautiful um let's talk quickly about your guys' successes and then the most important part the most relatable part is your failures and what you could have done better um, so we'll start with Jess. Let's talk about your successes. You've had a lot of them. What, what do you, what do you hang your hat on as far as why that happened? Cause not everybody just like wakes up and is successful. Um, I would say I, 
would identify my failures and know what I'm not good at. And so to put people into places for me that are a lot better at those things than I. And um, I just also surrounded myself early on, luckily, with people who push me and motivate me, hold me accountable, and um, guide, help guide and coach. Okay, so, so uh, where are you going? Where What's next for you? Um, well, I have a full-time assistant and a full-time admin now. And so those help project me for next year. My goal is to not work 80 to hundred hours a week <laughs> like I did for my first two years. Um, and, um, just change my quality of life. And so start enjoying been, the fruits of your labor. Yeah. And trying to delegate and, um, I've, it's worked out really well through the last year. I thought, that I maybe wouldn't be able to have that client interaction that would keep clients coming back to me by having someone else meet with them face-to-face more than myself. And just throughout this last year, I've really noticed that, that I don't have to worry about that. A you, lot of my you, hired, clients, you hired good um, assistants, it sounds like. Yeah, and we keep, I mean, we're involved. You know, when I meet a new client, I start a group thread either via email or text, whichever works better for my client. And um we do buyer's consultations in the beginning and that's, they meet me first and then they meet my assistant after that. We start group thread and then from there we just move on and I handle all contracts and negotiations and my assistant does everything else. Beautiful. Okay. So now, now for the fun part, your failures, what did you really mess up on? Um, My first flip. (laughs) Your first flip. (laughs) Yeah. Was your first investment property? Yeah. Okay. It was, um, talk about that really quick. I, I, Went with a contractor who I personally hadn't used or a client hadn't used before, um, but was recommended through a different agent. And that was my biggest mistake was using somebody that I didn't vet enough. Okay. Beautiful. Did it cost you more or did they just not do it? Cost me 12 grand. They basically took my money and never came to the job. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, Mr. Dominey. Successes. Um, Yeah. I mean, I just would say just building and building every year. Um, and getting better at it. I mean, I should probably have an assistant. I just, I like to work, um, you know, and there's probably things that I could get better on. So I just need to get better at that. I'd say for, for that, you know, for that part or whatever, but I mean, it being successful, you know, it takes time, but it's cool to like be up there with some of the top hitters in Spokane, like COVID. I really crushed it. Um, ended up being like, I think I was top four point like seven percent in Spokane for realtors, which was a pretty awesome accomplishment. Did Jeff let you beat him or did, um, did he beat you? Oh yeah, Jeff's I, always I posted think I beat numbers. Jeff by like two spots. I, I think because we always go back and forth. We get posted every week, so we always kind of hit back and forth. On I love that. when he posts that stuff. Oh, yeah, no, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Only when awesome. he's winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, but it, it's cool to be with some of the top hitters. And last year I wasn't top five; I was like top eight percent. But you know, still being top ten percent year over year is—I mean, I'd say that's a big success for me. So yeah, both of you never guys expected to it. be there at you know the age that I'm at. So just got to continue going and. and Answering your calls and doing a good job, and people will still come back. Answer so. the answer the unknown numbers. Okay, uh, failures for you, and then we'll do final thoughts and a would you rather. I mean, I wouldn't say I've had a whole lot of failures yet in, in terms of real estate. I haven't had any. <laughs> I haven't done any flips yet. Actually, the duplex we did hard money with, we could have flipped it because we ended up, it ended up appraising higher than what we got it for, like on another one. But um, you know, I mean, this job like you learn every day. You can't teach real estate. I mean, you you, you do all these classes. It's night. It's pretty real, pretty easy to get your license. It's ninety hours, and you take a test. Um, but you know, there's just every case. It's case by case. I mean, I've had, I've had sellers die on me on the on the buy side, on the on the, oh, you know, on the sell side. I've had IRS taxes up to a quarter million dollars. 
that the seller had. I mean, there's just stuff you you don't go until you actually until it comes up to you, right? Yeah, so experience you is invaluable. Figure it out, and if I if I don't know how to do it, you know, there's somebody around that will know how to do it. Yeah. And so I'm learning every day. Um, you just got to make sure and not like screw, screwing something up like that. I mean, it's a big deal because that's a they're selling a big house. And yeah. It's a big deal for them, so now it's a big deal for me. Um, but. Yeah, so nothing crazy yet, I would say. Um, but obviously, once you get into the bigger stuff, like I want to get into apartments and whatnot, and so that could go one way or the other, right? So one of those things, you just got to risk it to get the biscuit. So Absolutely. I want that biscuit. Okay. <laughs> so. um, Final thoughts. Yeah. Give us just like a little nugget. I know you've given us like a million throughout the whole pod, but give us just like if you were speaking to someone that's on the market or just someone looking to go into real estate. First-time home buyers. People One little piece of advice estate. from both of you. Um, for me, just don't try to reinvent the wheel. I think go ask questions and don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you don't like the answer, if you feel like whoever you were talking with wasn't creative enough, go find somebody who is. And whether you're a first-time home buyer or investor or you're just starting from ground zero, there's always going to be plenty of people out there who want to share their story. And don't don't try to plan too hard. Just go do it figure it out. You'll figure it out while you're in it. Perry. Yeah. What I'd say just for, for buyers, you know, if the numbers make sense, the numbers make sense. I mean, even with investments, like even if you think you're overpaying for it, but you can get this much, this amount for rent and it's going to cash flow the way you want to cash flow and works for you. Great. So just yeah. always run the numbers. Like that's, I don't care if you want to buy a house or not. <laughs> all, I don't care if you're worth $5 million and you buy whatever you want. Still run the numbers and make sure yeah. it makes sense. Is there, I'm going to do a little aside here. Is there a book or a course or a certain real estate mogul or influencer that you guys follow on Instagram or any social media that provides a lot of good content that people could follow. I mean, Ryan, Ryan Serhant's great. <laughs> I just, okay. he, he's like the ne- one of the top brokers in the world. We'll post in New York. But. We'll post his stuff And on where can Instagram. people find you guys if they want to follow along? Do you have like an, a real yeah. estate Instagram where they kind of just like your personal? I don't even know what my handle What's is. What's your handle? Oh, like, I think it's like Perry underscore Dom. <laughs> oh my gosh, my but. teammate Brooklyn Connor would fire me right now because she's, <laughs> I'm just awful. It. Um, it's Jess, G-E-I-4, I think is my Instagram. Okay. But, um, Do you guys have websites? For your own personal... Buy Home Spokane. Buy Home Spokane. I don't. You don't? No. You're just like, call me. Here's my number. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just, I mean, I should have a website, but I feel like the way that our MLS works, the IDX feeds out to all these sites, right? So having another site where you still have Zillow Realtor that everyone looks at, there's no real reason in my opinion, unless you're just trying to market yourself and get leads, 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 which I don't want to do 150 deals a year. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm content doing under 50. And so, you know, until I build a team or whatnot or something, but um, I'm pretty You want to be able to enjoy your life a little bit? Yeah, you know, having some free time (laughs) to enjoy these vacation homes that I don't want to rent. All right, I have a would you rather question for you both. Okay. Okay, Jess, you kind of touched on it with your work-life balance, working 80 to 100 hours a week. Would you rather do that for the next 10 years? You're just like, your whole life is just work for the next 10 years. Or would you rather have like your dream job scenario, but you're working, you know, 30 hours a week and you're just enjoying life, but you can't retire for 50 to 60 years. I would work 10 years. Oh, and that was bust my your goal. Oh, I told anybody who will listen, yeah. now. I will be retired by the time I'm 35. <laughs> you will be? Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever really retire. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's I'll real still, estate agent. You I'll never will. I still want to work. Like I just, yeah. I, I would get bored and, the, ne- the necessity for the money know, is not like, there anymore. Hobby, right. Financial freedom. So you would both yeah. do the 80 to 100 oh, yeah, hours. I'd work my ass off oh, for 10 gosh. years and then... And then Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Go, go to the lake <laughs> on a Tuesday? I mean, that, that sounds nice. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. That's awesome. Guys, 
Thank you so much for coming on. This was great. It was, Thanks. It was awesome I learned a lot. I'm like internalizing everything you guys said. So thank you. Yes. Um, it was great being in Spokane, doing the Spokane edition. We're going to check back in in like 12 months, see how things are going. See if Jess has sold another 20 mil. We'll see what you're at. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thanks. That is a wrap from the Cheap Seats. Check back in next week. Remember, share this with somebody that needs to hear it. And hey, we'll see you at the top.